This podcast is brought to you by MyPillow.com and its revolutionary new product, MyPillow 2.0. Go to Mike Lindell's website, MyPillow.com, and order the new MyPillow 2.0 and get two pillows for one when you use the promo code Navarro. Again, use the promo code Navarro. That's N-A-V-A-R-R-O. That's MyPillow.com. Use that promo code Navarro. Now, here's former Trump manufacturing czar Peter Navarro with his Taking Back Trump's America podcast and Substack. Hi, Peter Navarro here. It's April 10th, 2023, and after a short hiatus in deference to Good Friday and Easter, we resume this podcast and Substack with a two-part interview with one of the leading and perhaps most unsung experts regarding the existential military and economic threats posed by the Chinese Communist Party. The gentleman in question is Alex Gray, and he was my top deputy in the White House for the first three years of my service to President Trump and this country. This is a long interview that I conducted as guest host on Steve Bannon's War Room Battleground last week because of its length and my promise to you to keep each of my podcasts and substacks short and punchy. I'm going to split it up into two parts. In this first part, Alex and I rate the success or lack thereof, of the recent trip that Vice President Kamala Harris made to Africa within the broader context of America's imperative to develop a domestic rare earth manufacturing base. And we'll also touch upon the lessons we have learned from the Ukraine conflict vis-a-vis America's broader defense industrial base. Then in part two, which will be posted later this week, Alex and I will drill down first on how Taiwan should be preparing to defend itself on what will likely be soon an attempted invasion by Communist China. And then we'll walk you through the Pearl Harbor-style dangers posed by Communist China's soft power diplomacy in the island chains of the South Pacific, once controlled by the Imperial Japanese Navy. So, here we go. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Peter K. Navarro in for the Admiral. Uh, I promised you the best 20 minutes on Communist China yet in the war room, which does a wonderful job on this. I want to start off uh, by saying that in 2006, I wrote a book called The Coming China Wars. It was the first in my trilogy where there was a whole chapter on how China, Communist China, had infiltrated 54 countries in Africa. And fast forward, over time, they've used this thing called debt diplomacy, where they go in with a big checkbook and they write a lot of money, build a lot of infrastructure in exchange for two things. One is access to the markets of Africa. And what happens there is they'll come in and start selling their cheap made in China crap, put the local merchants out of business. So they destroy the merchant sector of African countries. And then what they do uh, with the with the loans they give uh, the, to these corrupt dictators um, is get these countries in debt and then they encumber their resources. And so it goes. And so Vice President Kamala Harris went there last week to try to romance them. And, you know, the top line there, Communist China is providing now all of the infrastructure to Africa through Belt and Road. And meanwhile, we're throwing a bunch of money uh, trying to feed them, 
give them some medicine and fight terrorism. And it's just it's just not resonating with the people. What I want to do now is bring on uh, Alex Gray. Uh, I have called him uh, in my uh, in Trump time book, the Mozart of foreign policy. He's a young man, 31 years old at this point. Um, he was my top aide in the White House. Uh, he and I were on the Trump campaign in 2016 and published a couple of uh, really good articles about China uh, as part of that campaign. And um, he uh, then went to, uh, he, he kind of stepped down. I like to joke, he kind of stepped down. He went to be the chief of staff, the National Security Advisor, Robert O'Brien, in the White House. So, Alex, uh, let's bring you into uh, the conversation right now. I want to ask you just, just head up. Uh, did Kamala Harris help or hurt the United States with her trip? What should she have done? And then let's talk more broadly uh, about uh, China going around to uh, the various hotspots, Taiwan, and then where you were at in the South Pacific uh, boots on the ground. So, sir, uh, let's start with Kamala Harris. Thanks for having me, Peter. It's great to be back on the war room. Um, look, Kamala can go and visit as many African countries as she wants. It doesn't make any difference as far as the United States is concerned and our ability to manage the China competition. Um, she can go and, and strike deals, talk about giving aid to African countries. The problem is uh, what we're really concerned about in most of Africa is competing with China for key mineral resources, key natural resources, rare earths, critical minerals. Uh, the real problem we have is because of the environmental lobby, because of the free market ideologues, we don't have a domestic capacity in the United States to process the rare earths that the military needs to meet its critical requirements. And so Kamala can go and, and do these goodwill tours, but her administration is the same one that's holding up the permitting for the type of, of rare earth processing that you and I fought for the whole time we were in the White House. So I, yeah. I don't care whether she wants to go and do a goodwill tour when her, her, her colleagues in Washington are keeping us from having the, you know, being independent of China for the type of critical minerals the F-35 requires, our submarines require. Um, so it's, it's a wholly counterproductive visit. And, and just let's note these rare earths are also a critical component of virtually all of the high-tech products that consumers uh, buy, whether it's, it's automobiles these days um, or whether it's their iPhone or anything in between. So uh, I think Alex's point is well taken. <laughs> we're, we, we are, the, China, by the way, has just on its own over 90% of the rare earth base materials. And then if they are able to corner the market in Africa as well, they close all of us out. Meanwhile, we don't have uh, production capabilities. And so this is the kind of thing um, that we, we those folks just own, uh, don't understand. Um, before we move to Taiwan, we spoke earlier in the day and, and you had like a top line on the only way we're going to beat communist China is fill in that blank for uh, for the war room battleground audience, if you would, Alex. Yeah, Peter, the only way we're going to beat communist China is to get over this free market ideological, um, you know, stuff you and I dealt with for four years in the White House, where the ideologues yeah. 
refuse to understand that it's the Trump trade policies that you fought for, that, that I tried to help you fight for. It's the commitment to a manufacturing economy that can actually sustain our military so we can deter a conflict and, God forbid, if we have to win a conflict. Um, it's having the type of a merchant marine uh, that's capable of actually supporting our, our troops in, in wartime. It's having all the, the critical uh, production capacity. Right now, we can barely repair our own submarines. We've got four shipyards that can do that type of heavy repair. Um, in, a, in a wartime environment, we would be totally overwhelmed trying to do that sort of thing uh, against a peer competitor like China. So what I'm saying, Peter, is it's time for the next president to get out of that Bush-era mindset and move us towards the Trump heartland, let's rebuild the type of economy that we need so we can also have a defense industrial base that can take on communist China. And and we also talked a little bit about the Ukraine uh, situation. What, what has that revealed to you vis-a-vis -vis, uh, our shortcomings in terms of our industrial policy that you're advocating? Yeah, Peter, I, what I've noticed is um, we're talking about sending relatively antiquated weapon systems like javelins that have been around for decades, anti-tank missiles, uh, artillery shells, things that, that are not the type of cutting edge naval and air systems that be used most likely in a Taiwan scenario with the Chinese Communist Party. And we're struggling to even get those in a timely manner to Ukraine. Whatever you think of the Ukraine conflict, it's shown that our industrial base doesn't have the capacity to surge. It doesn't have the resilience that it needs. Uh, and we would be hard pressed right now, not only to continue to do what what's, we're doing in Ukraine, where our, our European allies are, are not pulling their weight by far, but also we would be incredibly hard pressed to try and do on a much larger scale with much more sophisticated equipment, um, this type of surge, if we were, God forbid, in a conflict with China. So I think what this has revealed, Peter, is we have to have leadership in the White House that says no more blind ideological commitment to, to a mythical free market um, that, you know, look, we're all free, we're all capitalists, but we have to get beyond the idea that the free market is going to solve some of these industrial-based problems. You and I, we worked together on the Executive Order 13806 historic effort to figure out the weaknesses in our industrial base. President Trump signed it. Um, we have to have top-down leadership to figure out how to fix this industrial base because China, China's, not, um, China's not operating on, on mythical notions. These guys already have a larger Navy than we do. They've got the largest merchant marine in the world. And in a, a real conflict, they're going to be churning out equipment, ships, planes, um, faster than, than anyone can imagine. So we got to be ready. Tell me what you see Every day More people in the street Said I used to work in a factory Right now I don't work for anything 
not me, but my family I wish to feed. Not much, 'cause we've got simple needs. Too bad they sent our jobs away. As the CEOs get richer. Jobs up, move offshore. We go to the store and spend our money. Send all the dollars overseas. This ain't the land of milk and honey. This is the land of trading. Why the long face? I just got my latest IRS statement, and I'm down again. It's certainly not like the Trump years. What the heck is going on? It's simple, Pix. Joe Biden's rampant inflation is going on. So what should I do, Peter? Well, Pixie, I'm an economist, not a financial advisor, so I can't really give you any investment advice. But as an economist, I can tell you that many investors hedge their inflation risk. By having some gold in their portfolios. So what are you telling me, Peter? I should head down to the nearest jewelry store and stock up on rings and necklaces? <laughs> Not exactly, Pixie. But one option to consider is Beverly Hills Precious Metals. They do one thing and one thing alone, and they've been doing it for more than thirty years. 
They buy and sell gold, silver, and rare coins to help folks like you protect your wealth against inflation. And best of all, they are pure MAGA. Now that sounds very interesting. How can I get in touch with Beverly Hills Precious Metals? Easy peasy, Pixie. Just go online to bh-pm.com and schedule a free consultation. That's bh-pm.com. And when they ask you how you heard about Beverly Hills Precious Metals, just tell them Peter Navarro, and you'll get the Royal MAGA treatment. Wow, that sounds like a great plan, Peter. Let me see if I got that website right. It's bh-pm.com, right? That's right, Pixie. And don't worry, there's no pressure on their end. Beverly Hills Precious Metals is there simply to help you protect your wealth. Thanks, Peter. And I'll be sure to tell them Dr. Navarro sent me.